1: filtered news
0: real news welcome everyone i'm your host tori Uh, live As always, 12 to 2 Eastern Time. Today is usually Wednesdays with Laura, but actually Laura Loomer is at a protest, which I will talk about. Uh, She might be able to hop on uh, in the second half that she usually joins us. Uh, But today is a very interesting day. Today, January 23rd, 2019. We're going to be revisiting a lot of things that I talked about uh, a couple of months ago. We're also going to look at what our president is telling us. And we're also going to acknowledge how the media is running the show right now with garbage. So where do we start? Should we start talking about oil again? I think it's important we do. Because this is where it's going to lead us. Today I want to talk about Venezuela. I've talked about Venezuela before and Maduro. But I think it's important that people get a uh, good understanding of um, what actually went on in Venezuela. And uh, what has been going on. But before we get to that. uh, One of my listeners uh, DM'd me uh, a tweet. Uh, The specific tweet was sent out by, hold on, I won't mention my listener. I could just say that his name is Mike. How's that? <laughs> and he DM'd me a tweet, and I thought, you know, maybe I should revisit this, because I talked about it a very, very long time ago. <clears throat> the tweet was from QAnik111. He said, this is massive. New filing in the United States versus back page. Busted for worldwide human trafficking. This document lists bank accounts and dollar amounts seized as well as the name of the bank account. It was under one account, Perkins Coy. I don't know if uh, he's been listening at all or following um, any of what we've been talking about, Perkins Coy, for the past couple of months. But I think we need to revisit it. Um, Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Tori underscore says and gab. Now back okay and this is where it gets really fun so it's been it's been determined that in december and specifically let me give you the date while i pull up the document so i have two documents so perkins coy had a fund seized from them on december 15th that's 5 days after the article um i wrote on Perkins Coy and how they block the DNC server. Uh, But in that article, you'll see that I've uh, um, inferred, implied how Perkins Coy plays a very central role. More so because they've been commingling funds of the DNC, Obama's foundation, and Hillary for America. And this is where I stand by my statement that Obama actually paid for the dossier along with the DNC. Now, just this past May, Robert Bauer, personal attorney for Barack Obama, also the personal attorney for Osama bin Laden's right-hand man, And also White House counsel under the Obama administration, partner of Perkins Coy, stepped down. Why? Could it be because they figured out that he was funding the dossier? Yes. But here's where it gets really, really, really messy. And this is how you understand just how much is going to be exposed. They are now fiddling through the monies at Perkins Coy to see how this dossier was paid for, right? We have to investigate that. That's important. We need to know who was behind this Hillary-funded dossier, which are, which are sticking to the Hillary-funded, right? Even though $900,000 of that was Barack Obama's. So we're sticking to that story and saying it's Hillary, but, you know, when you take down something like Backpage and you start doing your homework, you kind of find links. And I want every one of you to look at the document that I tweeted in my thread and see the banks. All of these banks represent Democrats. All of them. And some Republicans. Which means that for them to determine that, to find that bank account, you remember... Let me do, uh, let me parenthesize here. Remember when they said, and George Papadopoulos told you, that when they get a FISA warrant, they say they got it out on George, right? So they monitor him and then I call George and as I'm talking to George, we're having a conversation and then that allows them to investigate me and then I call you and then we're talking and it seems like it's around what I was talking about with George. So then they start to investigate you. They go up a few levels. Do you think with Backpage that they found, you know, over $2.6 million, That it stopped there? Pretty interesting, right? Very, very interesting. And you know what's really interesting? Look at the banks that help fund child and human trafficking. Look at the banks that they used. U.S. Bank, Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of the West account, and Bank of America. And These are all the banks they used. And we're going to be talking about banks when we get into Venezuela, because this is important. And I think it should be brought to the attention of certain people that may be listening or looking at tweets. Because, you know, again, our president is a genius. Why? Because he has cyber soldiers out there that provide information. So before we get into the whole Perkins Coy, let's look at what our president tweeted today, which was, very interesting. Two tweets. The first tweet, great unity, and well, three tweets. Great unity in the Republican Party. Want to once and for all put an end to stoppable crime and drugs, border security, and a wall, no doubt. He's ensuring that the Republicans that are compromised, that are working against uh, U.S. interests, that are working with the Democrats, kind of like Ilhan Omar ousted Lindsey Graham, right? Those rhinos, those rhinos that our president retweeted, those that were canvassing for veto override, those understand that he is expecting unity from his own party, but here's the next tweet. Build a wall and crime will fall. This is the new theme. For two years until the wall is finished under construction now. So it'll take two years what he's telling us to finish this wall. It's being constructed, right? But no, no, no. Listen to the whole sentence. Remember what we said about listening? Here's what he's telling you. Build a wall and a crime will fall. This is the new theme for two years until the wall is finished. Under construction now. Of the Republican Party, use it and pray. Pretty distinct, pretty odd, pretty transparent, right? Are you listening? Again, new theme for two years. Until the wall is finished of the Republican Party. Huh? So a wall that's finished of the Republican Party? Interesting. Of the Republican Party? Two years? Until the wall is finished of the Republican Party. And then use it and pray. Use the wall that is within the Republican Party and pray. Are we all listening? I think we'll revisit that tomorrow because I'm pretty sure the president will tell us more. Rather than me crystal ball it, but you guys are getting my drift. Then he just said, build a wall and crime will fall. I wanted it. Mention that because, as we see, he is cracking down on criminals. Nobody looks at the cases that are out there. There are cases against clowns, the clowns that I've been calling out. Lankford, he's in court. Blumenthal, he's in court. There's tons of them in court. Tons. Court cases pending. All filed in 2018. But, you know, the media won't report this. You know, I'm actually thinking of writing up an article about Perkins Coy, but titling it Donald Trump, you know, law firm link to backpage.com. So there'll be a retweet frenzy and everyone will be like, what? And it'll be psych. It's actually Obama's because that is what we need to do. We need to jump on the hate train to get them to see the facts. Imagine if a law firm connected to President Donald J. Trump was found to be connected to Backpage.com. What would be going on? It would be like dropping a piece of meat in a pool of piranhas. They would be all over that. They would say, oh my gosh, look how corrupt. Oh my gosh, these children, these people. You know, suddenly they're going to start pandering that, right? But not a peep. Because this isn't just any law firm. This law firm was retained as White House counsel during the Obama administration. And this account has been around for a very long time. During the Obama administration. Disgusting. Disgusting. And if. I I don't see why no one is shouting at the top of their lungs and making, making the news. We're letting them run our narrative. We're the majority. Instead of retweeting trains and, oh, I love you, retweet facts, they can't hide it. If all of us are retweeting facts, Obama's White House counsel law firm linked to backpage.com. Accounts have been seized. This is what needs to be out there. We need to be driving this narrative because we are the majority. The only thing they have is a platform of mainstream media and crazy blue check marks. We have blue check marks, right? That are conservatives, right? That are patriots, right? Where are they? Why aren't they tweeting about this? Why aren't they talking about this? Maybe it's because the majority of our conservative patriotic media is busy rebutting everything the left is doing, which is the wrong way. Ignore them. If we didn't give any merit to anything they post, if we ignore them, you know, trolls and evil people get really upset when you block them. They... Foam at the mouth. I mean, you know, Eugene is just one of them, right? He even went to court to take Trump to court. They foam at the mouth. They can't believe that you shut them out and you will disallow them to get that pleasure of saying their two bits. Kind of like the Kasserstein brothers. (laughs) You know, those two are getting paid to just, you know, stalk President Trump's feed and just post stuff. It's just incredible block them. And and I'm not saying block them, like literally, but what I'm saying is don't give them merit. Talk about your news. Talk about what's important to us. This is what we should be flooding the mainstream media with. This is that whenever they troll and try to find some story or find a tweet that's interesting or it's been retweeted many, many times that they see real news. Not, haha! look at this, or these are so dumb. No, this is where you're like, well, hey, Jake Tapper, you're talking about this. Let me show you a picture of you and your mom in a really weird position. Hey, you know, XYZ, I see you're surrounded by children all the time. Here's a picture. You know, these are things that we should be out there putting. We should be calling them out. We should be driving the news. I've said it before. We are the news. They are the minority. And right now, their leaders, the cabal, is running scared. They are running scared. We have a law firm that used to be White House counsel, link to Backpage.com, that is on the record, the law firm for DNC, HRC, and BHO, and no one is saying a word. No, no, not not making the news. you won't see it on CNN. Oh, this is really compromising. uh, you know, Perkins Coy, uh you know, that was the law firm for the White House, and um apparently they're involved in global human trafficking. You won't hear that because nobody wants to talk about that because then it, that exposes their industry, and I've said it before. Pedophilia, or having sex with little children as young as infants, because they like that stuff they're we they're they're ugh, disgusting they like it though it's not the main source of income. The main source of income for them is trafficking children for experiments, for organs for. Other things that they can use. And, you know, they use them as slaves, sex slaves, food, organ donation, you name it, they use them. And these are children globally that are done. And you know what I found interesting? This morning I was on um, the Scott Adams show and Paul Preston joined. And um, they were talking about Russia and how uh, people would come into St. Petersburg, you know, um, to, you know, have sex with children. And it came, a thought came to my mind. Do you remember that setup meeting with Donald J. Trump's son, President Trump's son, and Manafort? Do you remember what that lawyer was supposedly talking about? She wanted to talk about adoptions. And I'm thinking maybe she had convinced them to have this meeting, to entrap them in regards to this type of stuff. Because he said she started talking about something else like adoptions and Russian kids and some crazy notions and I just walked out, remember? And if we remember, Putin disallows adoptions out of his country, especially to the United States. Why? Because adoptions, foster care, this is all coming into play at the end of January and February. I've been talking about organized human and child trafficking, haven't I? I've told you companies, American Pool Enterprises slash work and travel, um, United Work and Travel, where they bring them from overseas. Hmm. And then Lutheran Social Services that tends to bring us refugees that have, you know, latent TB, uh, that have different strains of polio that are infecting Minnesota right now. Oregon is going nuts from some resistant strand of measles. These are all from the migrants that they're bringing in purposely. But guess what else Lutheran Social Services does that I've uncovered as I've been investigating them? Foster care and adoption. And you know what's funny? I was looking at one city that they service. This city has, and I'm just going to say a random number so it's not targeted because I can't speak for it yet until I finish my investigation. But here are the preliminary findings I have. 400 kids are in this city and they're in foster care and eligible for adoption. In that same month of these 400 kids... 50 kids were adopted and they had an income of about half a million dollars from those adoptions. And then the next month comes along, no new additions to the foster, you know, to the foster system or on the adoption list because they have like a list, right? Uh, 50, you know, the 400 kids and they tell you which kid left, which kid came, new kids that were put on the list, you know, all that stuff. They even have a website where you can pick your child with pictures. It's disgusting. So anyway... 400 kids were on this list one month. They had 50 adoptions that almost totaled half a million dollars. And then the next month, the list came out again, and it was 399 children. And I'm thinking, well, how did they adopt 50 of them last month? How did the list not get smaller? Did you add 49? No, we didn't get any new. See, here's the thing. You go to the different agencies, like Human Health Services. You go then to them and get their data, and then you go, and all of them are not on the same page. And here's a new one that is going to be hitting uh, the mainstream, hopefully. I mean, I doubt it. And like President Trump said, they're never going to report stuff. But the news are still going to come out. It's a company called Maximus. This company, meddles in everything. It meddles in healthcare and launching electronic, um, you know, uh, health record management. You know, and and forcing people to go into EMRs, uh, providing incentive programs. Oh, and here's the thing: they're global, so they work with foster kids, adoption, um, healthcare for those that are poor, uh, CHIP, Medicaid. They've got. Billions and billions of dollars in federal contracts. And they're involved too. See, it's very organized, this whole child trafficking, this whole uh, sex trafficking, this whole human trafficking, organized and funded by our tax dollars. We literally fund them. But it's all coming down. Finally someone has put in a complaint. It was filed in January. It's currently in the court system and uh we're going to see a lot coming out because I'm I'm very happy that an order was filed to unseal this case because I have been following it. And, you know, the only way that you can get these kind of companies, kind of like the way I'm getting all the other ones, is filing things like false claim under the False Claims Act, you know, for them taking federal or state funds and using it for other stuff rather than what they're doing. And see, when you file a federal complaint... You know, in any federal agency, it could be, okay. like, for example, um, I walk into uh, a federal office and um, I say that they were um, discriminatory because, you know, they didn't have a label on the bathroom. I'm just saying whatever I want. Right. Anything. Well, when the feds come in to investigate, they'll also look at the pencil that's out of place. Is your website ADA compliant? Uh, Are your chairs, according to the guidelines for ergonomic whatever, whatever, are you following federal protocol on anything in your office? They will look at everything. It's a thorough federal colonoscopy. So here's the thing. Sealed civil case. What does that tell you? Hmm, interesting. And you know what's really interesting? Why would our government contract with a private company that deals in foster care, adoptions, health care, insurance, you know, welfare, not in just our country, but the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, mm, collect information much, share information much? And what? Why are we all part of this global umbrella of health care and child welfare? Who's funding this? Why do we need an international entity to drive our national interest, our national health care, our national anything with children? That's a very interesting question no one's asking. So I'm really gl- glad that this case has been filed and I know it was done, like, last year, but, you know, on December 13th, they asked for the, say, the case to be unsealed. And um, the order unsealing has been done on the 16th of 2019, so we will be hearing about this. This is extremely interesting. It's case number 17, CV2204, Rudy v. Maximus Human Services, North America Inc. et al and we can only guess who et al is so this is, this was a, f- a civil suit um you know why would they seal it think about it if you're suing a private company why would they seal it that tells you everything you need to know why would they seal a case if it's a private company See, people don't ask these questions. These are the questions. You are in charge. Our president has given you back your country. It's time that we ask questions and we listen carefully and use that power he gave us and pray. All we have to do is pray that other people around us are enlightened, other people around us can see. And it's our job as active citizens to participate, to spread the word, to to mouth. You know, from, from each other's mouths to other people's ears it's our job to spread the news because you know I see a lot of people for example it was a, a you know someone writes an article from some big paper and they share it and share it and share it but only about maybe what 15% actually read it so it's important that we get the message out after the break We'll talk about, start to talk about Venezuela.
1: Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn.
0: To every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities that.
1: You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
2: How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone. And call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978.
1: Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance.
0: All right. So before we get into Venezuela, I want us to listen to Vice President Pence's most recent address to the people of Venezuela. Take a listen.
4: Hola, I'm Mike Pence, the Vice President of the United States. And on behalf of President Donald Trump and all the American people, let me express the unwavering support of the United States as you, the people of Venezuela, raise your voices in a call for freedom. Nicolas Maduro is a dictator with no legitimate claim to power. He's never won the presidency in a free and fair election, and he's maintained his grip of power by imprisoning anyone who dares to oppose him. The United States joins with all freedom-loving nations in recognizing the National Assembly as the last vestige of democracy in your country, for it's the only body elected by you the people. As such, the United States supports the courageous decision by Juan Guaido, the President of your National Assembly, to assert that body's constitutional powers, declare Maduro a usurper, and call for the establishment of a transitional government. As you make your voices heard tomorrow, on behalf of the American people, we say to all the good people of Venezuela estamos con ustedes we are with you we stand with you and we will stay with you until democracy is restored and you reclaim your birthright of libertad muchas gracias y vayan con Dios
0: well how's that hmm how's that now Let's revisit uh, an old uh, thing that we talked about. An old thing. We talked about this last month. We talked about Venezuela. We talked about how our president, right, our president has slowly made Venezuela off limits to anyone. First executive order, what did he say? No buying Anything Venezuelan, including oil shares, including bonds, including uh, trades, including stocks, including government bonds. Remember, then he moved on to no buying it with cryptocurrency or digital currency. You're not allowed. Then he said, hey, you're not even allowed to sell stuff to them or buy stuff from them or just pretend you're buying and selling and move money. Through Venezuela, correct? And then the final one, do not buy any gold in Venezuela. Right? Four executive orders. Seizing and fattening up our U.S. Treasury. Because kind of like that seizure where they seized the funds in relation to Backpage.com, they've seized funds from senators, congressmen private companies, and fanned up our treasury with these investments that exist. Well, here's the thing. There's a long story about Venezuela, and we'll get back to these investments things. There's a long story. So... Let's talk about Venezuela. Before Maduro, there was Chavez, right? Uh, For some reason, Chavez was demonized, um, you know, and during the 2008 election uh, for Obama or McCain, he said both of those candidates are just defending the interests of the empire, they attack us defending the interests of the empire. Basically, he was calling them out. He literally called Barack Obama a clown. It is a statement. It is a quote. It is, it is documented. He literally... Called Obama a clown on December twentieth, twenty eleven. Chavez called Obama a clown, an embarrassment, and a shame to black people. After Obama criticized Venezuela's ties with Iran and Cuba, because you know Obama didn't have any ties with Iran, so he was calling him out. And here's and that's not the only time. Do you remember uh, the former president of Argentina, Cristina? Right. She was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Do you know what Chavez said? Uh, he, who was already under treatment for cancer. He said wouldn't it be strange if they invented a technology to, to spread cancer. And we wouldn't know about it for 50 years. He said that. Now here's the curious case of Maduro. So Maduro entered into the Venezuelan government. Uh, placed in 2006 under Hugo Chavez as the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Now, this wasn't done by chance. This was done by a huge Clinton donor. This was helped by a huge Clinton donor, by um, Mr. Tirado. So, Mr. Tirado is actually, uh, was one of the people uh, that uh, was managing Okay, he was like a financier. He was managing a big fund um, for Stanford Bank. You know, it's a offshore type account of Alan Stanford, who founded it. And um, Stanford Bank was actually is actually headquartered in in, uh, Antigua. Right. (laughs) Offshores. And, um, you know, Mr. Sanford, if you guys remember, he was like, you know, Sentenced to, like, something, like, crazy, like, maybe, like, 150 years of prison for, like, eight or nine billion dollar Ponzi scheme. Anyway, in 2006, uh, after slotting in Maduro, Chavez asked to investigate Tirado because of, you know, this, you know, the... Scandal that happened. I'm trying to remind you guys. There was a Congressman Meeks, um, and uh he was also the member of the House Committee on Financial Services. He got a lot of money from Alan Stanford. This is this is how far back these offshore accounts go, because we need to remind ourselves of what has happened to understand the past always proves what we see now and the future always. Now there, it is no um, secret the Venezuela has the most oil on the planet right now, and you know maybe I can credit myself. You know, I I always pride myself. I love seeing it on my resume, I had Q clearance. You know, because energy is what makes the world go round. That's currency. So we have. This guy, who is a major Clinton donor, he even ran her super PAC, Torado, who is now being hunted down by Chavez because he realized that the Stanford Bank was diddling with his oil, diddling with the people of Venezuela. And Nicolas Maduro kind of warmed up to him. Having been slotted in first in 2005, so he was only in a position of being the president of the National Assembly of Venezuela for like eight months. So is an olive branch to the National Assembly uh, and um, flirting with Chavez saying, yeah, you know, I kind of agree with you. Like the Americans are like super bad or whatever, even though he was getting paid and has links to the Clintons and Obama, which I, which come to fruition after. He slots him in to foreign affairs because he kind of, you know, slotted him in. Remember, I told you guys I love Project Blue Book. Why? Not because of the alien stories, but because they show you how easily they can plant someone next to you. So he slots himself in, and he's the Minister of Foreign Affairs. And um, we've seen this movie before. Isn't it something incredible? How many times has a president of the United States either has been assassinated or attempted to be assassinated in March? That's the same in the history of forever, ever, ever, right? Reagan, Lincoln, you know, Garfield. Let's go. All of them is in that period. Well, it's global, guys, because this is what happens. He did such a great job, you know, advising Chavez about all the atrocities that Clinton and Obama have done, causing a rift, but still having them in, you know, their house in Venezuela. Right? They, they had bad blood. Maduro, on the other hand, was getting funded by Clinton, had connections with Clinton, everything. So Chavez, blinded and sick with cancer, decides the best way to go is to make Nicolas Maduro my vice president. That was his mistake. He made him vice president in January of 2013, and he suddenly died in March of 2013. Let's just do the math. This is history repeating itself. We have everything we need to know what is going on now and what is going to happen. It doesn't change. Corrupt people are creatures of comfort and they use the same MO because it's been tried and tested. And so far, they've been getting away with it. But now, as we realize, there is a global movement where people are asking questions and saying enough. So he becomes the dictator-slash-president of, he called it the um, Union of South American Nations, Secretary General, and he became the president, you know, and he assumed it being what? The vice president. Because they always have a compromised vice president. Very, very telling. This is why your second-in-command is a very important pick vice presidents and you know great speech by our vice president to the people of Venezuela
1: because
0: Maduro indeed is corrupt Maduro indeed is a dictator he flipped afterwards To Hillary and Obama, he kicked out diplomats because he realized, wait a minute, they got a lot of power to do stuff. I need to kick them all out because if they got me in here and they made me president like they promised they would and give me this nation like they promised they would, they could do a lot more harm. So I'm going to try to do this and see, this is the problem. People that think they're smart because they have half-baked knowledge or because they think they're smarter get outsmarted fastest right? So Venezuela now has a dictator that was put in there by Clinton and Obama and this is all coming out 100%. We know Huber and then the secret other special assigned council that's working on stuff has all of that. And we see that Blumenthal has a lot of investments in the area. So Venezuela we're showing support to the citizens. We're telling them we're with you. We want you to reclaim your country. We want you to be free people, just like we are fighting here in America. Funny, you know, how these, you know, how Maduro was vice president, how he quickly slotted him in, himself in. Kind of like the way all the vice presidents of all our US presidents that have been assassinated or attempted to be assassinated kind of slot in, you know, they all slot in. And, of course, it's going to be a vice president to vice president that's going to give the message, right? Venezuela, the curious case of Venezuela. So we have all these uh, confiscated accounts, senators, congressmen. But you know what's really funny that I noticed today? So I remember back in the day when this bank looked really, really cool in New York. It was right by H&M, <laughs> and it had a really cool logo. I hadn't seen it before. Uh, well, actually, it had. I actually thought it was Argentinian, to be honest. And it's called Santander Bank, and I was like, ooh, that looks like a really... A nefarious name but it was red and it was modern and sleek and you know for the early 2000s it was kind of attractive um, kind of reminded me of E-Trade and so you know Satander uh, is a uh, South American bank okay South American bank and you know what's funny even though we have all of these sanctions in Do you know that they actually have overseas investing and specifically Venezuela? And I'm thinking with all these executive orders, could a bank like Satander, and if we see who has shares in Satander, it would make sense, is still accepting foreign investments to Venezuela. You want to know how? Just put satandertrade.com and then the word Venezuela in your search engine. And you'll come up to establish overseas. Welcome to our international desk. So the question lies is, Uh, is Satander, one of those fly-under-the-radar banks where our locals get to invest in Venezuela anyway. You know, they're telling you what the transparency indexes are. Everything. How much power an investor has. You should see why you should consider what to consider if you invest in Venezuela. Apart from extremely tense political and social situation, Venezuela's economy can rely on certain strength. Here we go. Abundant nature reserves, in particular, the oil sector. Venezuela has the world's largest oil reserves, no duh, the announced privatization of ports and airports, a business opportunity for foreign investors, coffee, tropical fruits, rice, tobacco, cocoa, alcoholic beverages, as well as the automobile industry and audiovisual production. And it's a strategic geographical location between the Caribbean and South America and a young... Low cost labor pool. So these are all the strong points of Venezuela that Maduro is selling off his uh, country's naval ports, airports, bridges, privatizing them. And you know who's buying into those, right? Because we, we heard about that during the summit in Argentina, and that was Russia and China. Because all the other countries aren't going to play. Because I can almost guarantee you the Maduro's got a long list with names. Probably a track record of banking and, you know, exchanges with the previous administration. Because all of this happened during the Obama administration. He took down Chavez. Not saying that Chavez was a god, right? Not at all. But I think after being so long and understanding, because they come into, a lot of people get elected into high positions in a very naive fashion. Naive. They don't get it. They don't have, they've not been around the block. They're not very seasoned. I mean, even some congressmen and women that are in Congress, you know, (laughs) They've probably never left the country. I mean, maybe they went to Paris on vacation. That doesn't constitute understanding foreign relations, right? So they come in unseasoned, and it's by getting smacked down and retaliating, you know, immaturely that they learn. And I think Chavez at that point, around 2009, well, 2006, 2007, he started to wake up and his eyes were open to exactly what's going on, and it wasn't any fun anymore. You know, when you get older and you're more seasoned and you've been smacked down enough, and especially in his position, you start to realize what's really going on. He came to grips with reality to understand what was really happening to his country, what, what the players were really doing. You know, personally, I can say that I don't understand. I try to understand. I try to understand people like Barack Obama, people like Hillary Clinton, because I've said this before. If you want to know what a terrorist is thinking, you have to think like one. And I understand that Barack Obama is freaking out. I mean, he tweeted out a picture that we know was photoshopped, supposedly of him and Michelle when they were young. That picture was actually his Pakistani boyfriend and him posing. And it was completely photoshopped because the ratio from the neck to the chest were completely wrong. The collarbone was off and and the shoulder span was off. I mean, just look at it. It was the most... It was a good job, but it was wrong because if you compare it with Michelle's anatomy right now, completely different. It's just her face, and they melded it. But I'm trying to understand. So I see the panic. He's trying to create proof that he did exist, that they did exist, that they were together. You know, he's trying to substantiate, you know, with... Dropping these things because I believe that maybe the next great move our president can do is strike down that first executive order he put when he got into office, which is sealing presidential records and unseal them and allow FOIA requests to go through. And I think he's trying to cover his tracks. I know he is panicking. But the only thing that I don't understand from all of these clowns is how they still have the audacity to criticize. How they have the audacity to call out a man that's got all the cards. Which makes me believe that they may, they may have something else planned. And, you know, kind of like the way I've been saying again and again throughout history, globally, it's always your second in command. We've seen it in empires, uh, you know, that, that, that will backstab you. It's always them. And we saw it with Venezuela. We see it. We can understand it now. The ties they had, Maduro, you know, and the Clintons and Barack Obama, they all were connected. John McCain, all of them. They got rid of Chavez. They got rid of him for criticizing them and calling them out and further not allowing. And, you know, then Maduro flipped on them and said, get out. We are not friends anymore because I see the power you yield and I'm not liking it and I don't want to play this. I just wanted to play, you know, dictator. And, and, and this is getting way too over my head. So I don't understand. I mean, we haven't heard from Comey in a very long time. Peter Strzok. You know, we haven't heard anything from them. Hillary, no one's seen them. Like, where in the world are they? Hiding? Locked up? House arrest? Where are they? Yet sometimes they yap on Twitter. They say something. And they've invested everything they have into the media. And the Senate and the House Democrats have freaked out so much that they've put the weapons that can be used against them on oversight committees. Like they put Ocasio on House Oversight Committee. This woman cannot articulate a thought properly. She talks randomly. She's dumb Why would you put her there? Because she's a weapon. They're using her as a weapon. It's kind of like what they did in the Middle East. They armed these mercenaries. They thought these mercenaries would take orders and do their bidding. So they used them to get what they wanted, which is to annihilate Iraq, which is to annihilate Libya, and now into Syria, you know, to just floor it. So they have full control. So they paid these mercenaries, and this is what they're doing with people like Okasi she's dangerous and when Yang comes into the picture they can put all their money on Kamala Harris she'll lose, regardless because yes, she's a Democrat, oh, she's a black woman but she's not giving out $1,000 a month she's not going to win she's not a smooth talker like Yang, she's not an outsider see, the Democrats want an outsider, they don't want an insider Because now they know that they're all corrupt on both sides. Any radical leftist will tell you, well, they're all cut from the same cloth. And Ocasio being on committees like this and being in office is dangerous. I see people that I grew up with Posting things on their Facebook like, oh, she's making sense. And I'm thinking, oh my God, you went to Bronx Science High School. How do you think that this woman is making any sense? This is where we're at because the mainstream media doesn't target people like you and I. It targets people that can't think for themselves because they have been conditioned to Take orders and go. Take suggestions and go. Those are the minds that have been primed. We need to be more focused on making sure the news are out. We need to make sure that we're more astute to patterns, Patterns, patterns like the ones that I discussed today. We need to be more astute to it because there is so much chatter going around right now. It is really hard to parse it apart. I have people advocating that the State of the Union address happen at a rally. I'm 100% no on that, and I'll get to that right after the break as to why I'm hard no. But while we have this break, I just want you to sit and think. Patterns. This has happened before. It's happened again, and it's global. Think of what has happened in the past because it all makes sense today. So, on that note, I will see you guys all in a little bit after this short break, okay?
3: Welcome back, host. Have a great show.
0: Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Real news. Welcome back, everyone, for the second half of my show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, you can find me on Tori underscore says on Twitter and Gab. I just tweeted out a tweet to the president of the United States tagging the Justice Department, asking if you have implemented executive orders disallowing any investments in Venezuela, then why is Santander Bank in the U.S. still operating and offering foreign investments in Venezuela to U.S. investors? That's a very curious question. And I tag Blumenthal because we know what kind of interest he has in that, especially in the gold reserves. So it's important that we bring this out to the mainstream. It's important that we control what's in uh, our um, news cycles because we are in charge. I, I think it's very hard for people to understand that, but we have allowed the mainstream media for almost you know, two days now, going on three, to bombard us with the Covington Catholic school boys and showing young men that are children. They're children being taunted by a group of people that are yelling profanities. You know, these are kids. These are kids. Kids. Do you remember what it was like to be a kid? So then we have a drunk, and he admitted it himself, banging a drum in their face, and because he smiled, you know, he's just racist, and they're all racist. It was only because they were wearing the hats. The hats are a trigger because a hat... That hat represents the rebellion of the people wanting their country back. That hat is a symbol that causes them to shudder. These are the people that are the worst in our nations. The one that, that, like I said, have half knowledge. How can any black American not support Donald Trump? This man has created jobs, has, uh, doesn't see color. You know, he was even given an award with Rosa Parks, but nobody talks about that. They want to see hatred, division, and, and all this vitriol out there pandering on people that are emotionally unstable look at their base. They don't know what bathroom to use. They're, you know, a lesbian couple now portraying a heterosexual couple because one of them is getting transgendered, and they have a daughter that they're going to convert into a boy. This is child abuse. These people are mentally unstable, and those are the people that we're allowing to drive the conversation. We have the control over this. You choose who you listen to. You choose who you retweet. And you choose to be part of the conversation. Because if Jake Tapper throws something in there, I'm, nine times out of ten, I look at his tweets and I'm like, oh, I should respond. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling it. No, I don't want to give merit to what he's saying. I don't even want to entertain it. Sometimes, though, you know, I let my little, you know, petty side come out and I'll just have fun trolling people. I'll go on leftists and and start trolling because I'm only human. And sometimes when they just speak like idiots, you respond to them like such. And asking them questions. And in the end, they just tell you what you would have said in the first place and not believe that they are siding with Donald Trump. But my point here is we drive it. This... Covington Catholic School Boys is, is manufactured and distracting. We're not focusing. We're not focusing on what's going on. We're not focusing on, on, on uh, z We're not focusing on Huawei. We're not focusing on Venezuela. We're not focusing on Russia. We're not focusing on Turkey. We're not focusing on North Korea. We're focusing on stupid things. He said, she said, look at the video. Oh, my God, it's all about Trump. Focus. What we need is focus. I, you know, even other fellow conservative talk show hosts, you know, run and, and and go with the beat of the, no. We can get a lot of that on CNN. We need to focus. Talk about what he's doing. Let's talk for the State of the Union, for example, right? They are really adamant to not have the State of the Union. And they have even, you know, to make merit to their trip going across, they were like, oh, I think we should delay it because uh, security concerns. Um, I think our president should not move it. I think he should do it in Washington. I think he should allow the world to see empty seats or the Democrats boycotting so they can show the world what toddlers they are. Don't move it. Moving it is them winning. Stay there stay there and stick it to them. Say, you don't want to come? That's okay. Because it'll go down in history that you didn't attend the State of the Union address. It'll go down in history that you decided to boycott. Because if he moves it to like some people saying Texas or wherever, you know, they could say, well, we didn't want to travel. So it doesn't look bad on them. It just looks like, you know, President Trump decided that he's going to give the State of the Union somewhere else this year. This is what we need to do. Make sure that the history books record the facts. I mean, you know, if he's really adamant about moving it from Washington, D.C., if anyone's listening or if this gets to him, hey, you feel free to come to my little city that's super easy to um, secure and I'll cook for you. <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously, though. The State of the Union has to stay in Washington. It has to because they don't want it to. They don't want it. That means I want it even more. They say no. I say yes. Because they are scared that it's going to show exactly what is going on. We're going to see empty seats. We don't hear from these people. We're going to see a lot of empty seats. And questions are going to be, well, why didn't this senator show up? Hey, where's this congressperson? Ooh, where are they? Uh, no comment. No comment. This is where we know that these indictments have popped. Oh, and by the way, pink slipped update. So a lot of pink slips have gone out from what I'm being told, and most of them are high-level government servants. And this is why um, Chuck Schumer was kind of saying, yeah, maybe we should talk, because some really big heads rolled. Some really big heads and what they're concerned about is the mass rollout. And, you know, if I was President Trump, right, if I was him, what I would do is, you know, those low-level mass firings, those mass, uh, you know, pink slips that are to be issued because of Riff, you know, if that was me, I would be like, all right, let them agree. Okay, okay, did they sign it? Wait, wait! They voted. Okay, it's coming to me. Okay, and then I'd like shootly quick, (laughs) like quickly shoot a text and say, "Okay, fire them now, all of them." And then that way, thousands upon thousands get pink slips that are not high level, right? They're not GS tens and aboves, right? And (laughs) and then the media goes nuts. He got his wall, and he fired all these people. And then through the firings is where people like citizen journalists will say, well, you know, at the Department of Justice, so-and-so was let go. At, um, you know, uh, Homeland Security, so-and-so and so-and-so and -and and -and so-and-so were let go. Oh, and the Department of Interior, you know, that was a mass one and they were all senior. You know, all of that's going to come out and they're going to be like, oh, What's going on? He not only got his wall, but then he fired all these people. This is despicable. You know, that's going to be the talk. But the real sauce is going to be like, well, they all got fired. Who got fired? And then we can focus on these high-level employees. That's what I would do. If I was President Trump, I would do it. I'm not predicting that he will do it in that fashion, but I would do it that way. For now, all I could say is that we need to look at history and not let it repeat Right? So uh, just so you know, lines are open, 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. Always love to hear from you. Love to have a conversation. Now, I have gotten an email uh, from... Uh, Two individuals, actually, that are listeners that have asked me to respond, uh, you know, on a financial question like, you know, I understand that the cabal is going down. I see it. I know, um, you know, it's all around that. And they're just worried about their investments, their IRAs, their retirement, their savings funds. Now, I'm not a financial advisor. But what I could say is I can tell you what I do. I can tell you what I do and how you can see if your financial advisor at your bank or whoever you house your shares or retirement funds in, uh, what I did was I went to them and I asked them how it's more secure. And they were selling me mutual funds on this, mutual funds on that because they're obliged by law to give us the best advice. They're like literally obliged, right? They can't direct us. Wrong, And I told them that I wanted something that was gold back. Yeah. That was backed by gold a hundred percent because that is a commodity. That's like buying gold. And, and that's what we do even in shares, um, that, um, and this is like throughout my circles do this too. Uh, they get shares from work and what they do is they sell them and then flip it into another fund. Uh, So it gets flipped into another fund. Now, for some people that have employers that choose the 401k you can stay in, you have no choice, right? Uh, You can do that after you're done and you leave the company or you retire. Then you can pull it out and put it on something else. But one thing about gold-backed mutual funds, they're not high in return, but they're stable. That means whatever money you put in, you'll have that value of money in gold, Um, you know, so that was, that's, that's what I do. So I'm not a financial advisor. So I would, to, to my listeners that are over 65 and, you know, tomorrow we'll talk about healthcare, uh, cause there's some new developments on that front for my over 65 crew. Um, I, I want you guys to know that the global collapse is something that is on the table. We saw that with Pompeo's talk yesterday where he said, our economy is great, regardless if you guys are on fire right now. We are doing awesome, regardless if you guys are dying right now, because we're looking after our people. And so this is being reinforced because it's coming. That's what people need to understand. It's coming. It's only a matter of time. But on the other hand, you know, thinking about it, When do you guys think he's going to do it? I'm totally on the fact that it's 2020. 2020 is when he's going to pull the plug, maybe on Christmas Eve, just to kind of reminisce, (laughs) you know, how they changed our currency overnight on Christmas Eve, you know, 1913. Maybe he'll pull the plug then and and make that switch. For now, what we need to um, think about is, you know, how great our economy is, how he's provided jobs, and we need to stay diligent on real news. Do not listen to what they're telling you. They will tell you how the world is literally on fire. I mean, the European Union is collapsing before our very eyes, and we're only getting a fraction of what's really going on. And as someone that has family and friends, that we talk all the time All the time, they tell me, you cannot imagine, like, even our media won't tell us, like, there's fires literally lit right outside my house and people stomping into government offices and it's nowhere on the news. Like, they are in a complete blackout. They're not telling their people anything. We saw the Swedish people revolting, the Germans, the French. The British are going to flip out too. I mean, what is all this about? Yeah, we voted to leave, but yeah, we're going to kind of leave, a soft leave. Like, are they trying to commit country suicide? That's what they're doing. They're literally um, committing sovereign suicide. But, you know, they don't do anything without the queen. Hmm. So this is something we need to look into, these uh, oligarchs, these um, monarchs, the people that really control what's going on. Because when you see a country like the United Kingdom, challenged with the choice of exiting a failing union, a failed idea where the people are revolting and, you know, politicians can't walk on the street without being lynch-mobbed. Why, in your right mind, would you say, well, my people voted to leave this failing union that's literally on fire and under martial law, but I'm going to reconsider it and we'll do like a soft exit. Like, why would you do that? So that means the queen along with the other monarchs that are within the European Union, are somehow going to benefit from this failing European Union? Could it be that there's a reset button on monarchies? Could it be that they will take back uh, lands of yesterday and you know rule as such? Could it be... I mean, people have been conditioned to socialism right now in the European Union. Could it be that they'll abide by a queen or a king a lot easier than they would a president or a parliament or, you know, non-elected leaders? I mean, they're okay with that. I mean, look at them. Their laws are literally written by people they've never seen, don't know their name of, have no idea where they hail from. They're just there. They just write them. So it is... A fancy idea, it's a little bit there, but you got to think. It's kind of like what Scott Adams said uh, the other day to me. He said, you know, if global warming was real, right, why would all these people with deep pockets invest, you know, In the coast. Why would they invest in cities that would be underwater? Why would they invest in places that are being threatened to be annihilated because of global warming? Why would they do that? Are they crazy? Why would they spend money like that? You know, because if we notice money within the United States, right, here's something that's curious. You know, a lot of people are saying that people are leaving California, right? They're saying that. They're like, people are mass exiting and moving out of California, but so are businesses, Headquarters are being put inland and on the east coast. I mean, that's just curious. Businesses, like executives, being moved from Silicon Valley to Seattle. Businesses flooding Forest Valley in Oregon. One would say that they've done that for the tax. You know, uh, you know, you don't pay any tax as a business uh, there. It's it's pretty tax. It's a tax haven. For companies, but think about it, right? If we follow the money, look where they're investing. Look where Amazon said that they're going to create a campus. Look where Apple said they're creating a campus. Why would they invest billions of dollars in those areas and remove it from California? California is a failed experiment. California is their last defense. California is going to be like in those movies, you know. You know how in the movies they have like the city where it's like all dingy and yucky and they build buildings with like containers, right? And you see dirty stuff hung up, you know, on really tall high rises of poverty-stricken people that go into these jobs and they all look like they're wearing a uniform and they're miserable and they just operate um kind of like steampunkish. That's going to be California in like 20 years. Because I don't know how they're re- they're going to recover from what they've done to that state. Because Californians are outnumbered right now with illegal immigrants. I can almost bet my life on that. That there are more illegal immigrants in California than there are American citizens. I would actually bet my life on that. They're on farms. They're, you know, they have one, you know, you'll be like, oh, but that's just one apartment with 20 people in it. You know, they're everywhere. And I really don't know how they'll recover. And the fact that our president has ceased to provide them federal aid after those fires speaks volumes too. Because if we stop giving them money for these pretend fires, because it was really cool how that fire selectively burned houses but not the trees surrounding them, right? It was just super interesting. But, you know, stop giving them money for that. Stop giving them aid. Remember, they don't even have water, OK, they don't even have water. They have to actually get water that's not in California because they've gone through some serious random droughts that, you know, if you actually dig into it, Nestle, you could start pointing the finger that way. But um, we stopped giving them federal aid and we have to because that federal aid is actually used in other areas and it could be uh, cycled back to investments or packs that it's being cycled to, it's not being appropriated correctly. So like I said, I predict that we're going to have a lot of developments on that end this year with California, especially because they're overrun by people that don't know what sex they subscribe to or anything. Now, in regards to Laura Loomer, I just wanted to tell you guys what she's doing. So there is a protest um, happening um, at 2 p.m., so she's there now, uh, where... Um, hundreds of Palestinians are going to be going to protest uh, the Hallandale Beach Commissioner. And um, he, the Hallandale Beach Commissioner is Israeli-American commissioner, Annabelle Lima Taub. She works at Hallandale Beach. And she made national news, if you remember, right, because she stood up to Rashida. She stood up to her, who... You know, believes Israel has no right to exist. Remember, Rashida said that. So, Muslims across Florida, remember Care Central, are 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 gathering at Hallandale Beach to confront this Israeli American commissioner. um, You know about it because Annabelle was actually fired or something like that, from what I gather. Um, So, they're all meeting there, and in that essence, we're going to have Israelis meeting there. So, I expect this to make super news because care has um, funded a very organized rally to attack an Israeli American and to advocate for her to be fired. And so we're going to see them coming in. And so Laura's really busy breaking news and making news. And I think all of us should be doing that, right? All of us should be striving to make sure that your neighbor, the guy you meet at the bar, when you're sitting at the doctor's office and someone, you know, throws a remark and you start a conversation to have honest conversations with people with factual evidence. You know, a lot of people when I talk about child trafficking are like, oh, you believe in that pizza gate stuff. And I was like, all right, well, let's talk facts. then. Let's talk facts. Let's talk how many people have been arrested. Let's talk how many children are being trafficked. Let's talk about organized child trafficking. Let's talk about organ donation and children because the majority of the people that you will find with empty cavities around the world are children you know this is how you drive conversations focus on those focus on the fact that backpage.com had children on it focus on the fact that the people related to backpage.com are sitting in one of the highest offices of our nation all the time think of it being your law enforcement You know, my state is going to be making the news really, really big in 2019. Huge. And it has to do with child trafficking. Because this state, like I said, they pick their spots correctly, they pick states and locations that have a sparse population and a lot of property. So they have these farms and they have them out in the middle of nowhere. And if you know the chief of police, he doesn't even come down there. No one can hear you. No one can see you. And you have a party. You know, the the Native American population in my state has been maimed with child trafficking. It makes me so upset. And what makes me even more irate is that these Native Americans still support the same people that are taking their women, their young men, young women, and children and infants Away from them. Most of these runaways are impregnated. They take their baby and then you find the, the body of the, the mother somewhere. Unless they've recycled her somehow. This is reality and it sounds so horrific. You're just like, well, no, that's just way too out there for me. I can't listen to that. You have to because this is reality they're nefarious this is why they're so adamant about this wall and if you look at this new video and i'll tweet it after the show where laura loomer went to the border she'll show you how there's a wall and then there's no wall so she was just crossing back and forth over the border with no one there no one paying attention completely gone you could just in and out in and out how many children do you think went through that passage how many women were trafficked through that passage how many young men, how much drugs, guns, how many? You can't count, right? Because you don't know. I could tell you that within a span of three minutes, Laura across the border, like, what, six, seven times. It's pretty incredible that we're not stating the facts as we should see we're allowing the mainstream media to drive it we should say why do you not want the wall immoral is not an answer why what do you have to lose aside from your investments why do you want child trafficking to be allowed perpetuated why do you want to allow drugs to continue to come in why do you want gangs to continue to come in why don't you want to protect us It is their job to ensure that we're secure. It is their job to make sure that we don't have one terrorist. That's a, That's all it takes. One to come through that spot. Just one. And you know, the reason is because everybody has a price. Haley Kennington had written an article on Torysays.com about a customs patrol agent, border patrol agent, who literally was sodomizing little girls. Everybody has a price. So if he's sodomizing those little girls, guess how much money he's been paid by child traffickers to turn the other cheek and not look. This is reality. It's facts. It's not fiction. It's not a conspiracy if it's true and provided with evidence. I'll see you guys in a bit.
3: from Red state talk radio for my pillow a 60day comfort guarantee standard or queen pillow pillow you will ever
0: What was going on on my commercial feed, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. Thank you guys. We're all straightened out now. Um, I was actually watching Kellyanne Poll slay and handle the media really well just now. Uh, They were coming at her with not a question, talking about some CBS poll, and then they referred to what we were talking about at the beginning of the hour. Let's revisit that. His tweet, because I think they're all catching on. What does that tweet mean? And they were talking about, well, why is he saying it's a wall? He's saying, build the wall and crime will fall. And she's like, well, I was in the situation room when he told Chuck Schumer, you could call it whatever you want. We just need to secure our borders. They understand what his tweet means. Did you get it yet? Build a wall and crime will fall. This is the new theme for two years until the wall is finished under construction now of the Republican Party. Well, well, we have elections coming up, right? Two years, right? Just saying. Use it and pray. This is what we need to do. We will have crime fall. So he retweeted just the part of build a wall and crime will fall, and I've said that. securing Securing our border will reduce... Substantially, drug trafficking, human trafficking, child trafficking, gangs, and terrorists. Regardless of anything you want to say, we all know that's the way it is. And you can prove it if you want to. If you're like a radical, go ahead and prove it yourself. Take the door off your house. Let's see how high crime will occur, how the statistics of crime in your house will happen the minute you take that door off. You'll be robbed, maybe raped, maybe killed. Yes? Your property may be squatted in. This is why we need a physical barrier. I mean, it's not rocket science. It is not rocket science. It's simple. You can't reinvent the wheel and you can't reinvent physical barriers you know even in um in uh, grad school uh, and i helped my daughter actually on her science fair project was showing that fungal uh infiltration is actually uh, deterred with physical barriers and creating some form of bio um some some form of and I want to make it simple because not everyone listening is a scientist you know I really hate when people start talking to me in legalese and it's like okay that's Chinese for me can we dumb it down for me please um so the point was is that some trees were being affected by fungi and uh my 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 research and my proposal was What we need to do is create a physical barrier because fungus um, actually is rerouted and deterred with physical barriers. And using specific chemicals within the roots would actually uh, deter and kind of create a false barrier, which would deter fungus from infesting. Uh, So here in in a micro scale, fungus can't penetrate with... uh, you know, physical barrier. So let's just think of, you know, terrorists, drugs, criminals. Trafficking is fungus because basically what are they doing? They're leeching off of our tax dollars. They're leeching off of our children, women, and young men. And they are leeching off of our lives. So they are kind of fungus, right? So this is important. A physical barrier will decrease crime substantially. Because, you know, physical barriers are important. Like when you fly into an airport, let's pretend there was no TSA, which is a physical barrier. Let's, let's just pretend, right? What would happen? More criminals, more drugs, right? guns, deaths, we'll see it. Okay. So the physical barrier is important. They're fighting it. Now they're sticking to the word. It's a barrier. And Kelly was like, all right, call it whatever you want. Call it steel slats. We don't care. We'll call it whatever we want. it's just, it needs to be done. We need to secure our border, period. So th- this is the media frenzy. This is their narrative. They have no idea what they're talking about. They're trying to convince you that reducing crime is a problem and immoral. And they're trying to convince you that your security is a luxury. Nancy Pelosi said that herself. It's, it, it's really shocking to see and understand how much disregard and how low on their priorities human life is in general ranging from security to to um children and you know as a new yorker i feel sick that the state passed a law allowing for abortion so late term and passing abortion in general so i'm going to get personal with you now okay I was um, 22. Well, no, I was just under 22 when I found out I was pregnant with my eldest child. I had a career. I was um, successful for someone at that age, uh, you would say, because I had a solid job um I would invest like all my money I would just (laughs) piss it away uh flying around whenever I had to leave I would um you know, buy things that, you know, like I would literally go to places like in Haifa in Israel and I would buy gems from the Cartier, Cartier factory, which I would get at like a 90 percent reduction rate because I was like, I'll, I'll need that maybe later in the future. It's a great, a great investment. I'd fly out to different countries. Uh, my goal was to set foot on every continent, which I've done except for Antarctica, um, because for some reason you can't get there. And I was faced with a decision when that happened. I hadn't married my husband. I was by myself. I was still getting trained um, as I was working. And I had a very unsteady schedule because I would be going to different places all the time. And at that point, I was in England. And I didn't know what to do. And I come from a very, very, very solid Greek Orthodox family. So the first thing my father, who has passed away now, my best friend, told me was, okay, well, you know, uh, I'm good. I can't wait. You know, the thought never crossed his mind. But I had actual family members tell me, well, you know, Your husband's not Greek. Well, he wasn't my husband at the time. Not Greek. Uh, You know, it's going to be shame. It's out of wedlock. And I, you know, the thought never crossed my mind to even do anything like that. Ever. And, you know, to think that, you know, family members that are devout Christians that supposedly, you know, are all about life were so far off the mark on what is a priority, what is important. And it was a really hard time for me. I even had, you know, questions at work, like, all right, you want to schedule an abortion? I was thinking, what? Why? No, I'm fine. They're like, well, this is going to cause implications. I was like, I'm okay. But you don't have someone to leave the child with. Yes, I do. I can park it with my dad if I need to go somewhere. I've got the best babysitter on the planet because that's the way we Greeks roll. The minute someone in the family has a child, your family literally moves in with you. Right? <laughs> they do. And so um, it was hard, though. I have to admit it was hard because wherever I would go for whatever uh, job assignment I had, you know, I'd have to pop over. My parents had just literally – Uh, retired and um, had went to their old family home in Greece. So I would literally have to fly there, drop my child off, and then fly back to the States or wherever I was going. And it was very difficult for me. But there was no way that I would even think of uh, taking a life because that is basically what abortion is. You aren't taking a life. Regardless, you know, there's a lot of people saying, well, I was raped and I shouldn't. And it's like, but that's a gift. That is a gift. Life is a gift. Not everybody gets to have that gift. Some people have it way too much and for whatever ABC reason. But life is a gift that child has blossomed into someone amazing someone who is serving her country as of october who is a genius loves math i guess maybe you know i had something to do with that right um who's understanding uh you know i, I couldn't you know What I am, what my shortcomings are, our children are supposed to make up for, right? We're supposed to make them better than us. And, you know, she's taller than me, so that's the running joke because I'm like 5'0". And these are amazing, this is an amazing gift to think that that human being, because if you see it on a a molecular level, let me talk science on this, right? You see it on... The the possibility of that human being being created, the fact that you were created the way you were created was in a one in a trillion chance in all aspects. You know, you could have become a girl. You could have become a man. You could have become blue-eyed. You could have had no hands. There's so many things because so many things are so selective. Your DNA is so vast and so unknown But it's so precious. It is literally a gift. And for anyone to consider a life worthless or a burden has literally lost touch with what it actually means to be human. I never even had the thought. And when I tell you I had pressure, I'm not joking. Super pressure. You need to get married. You need this. My work would even tell me you know, you might have to be, you know, separated because of this, uh, until, you know, it's of school age and, uh, maybe get desked or anything. And I was thinking, well, why, why is a kid a handicap? Well, obviously as a single parent in the line of work that I was doing, I can't have, you know, um, connections. And also in the line of work that I was doing, it's best to not have those, you know, soft spots or, or things that can be used or whatever. Let's just, I'm saying too much on that. But the point of the matter is, is that it's a life. It was really hard for me to not see the first steps. It was really hard for me, super hard. But there would be no way that I would have even fathomed it and to you know and I've I've sat and thought about it as as a, you know a woman myself you know I have two children and I was like oh I want another one and it's just it didn't happen I wanted another one and I'm a woman that has had you know um miscarriages because that's really personal too but it happens more often than you know and um, it was heartbreaking and I thought well what if you know now that I know just how complex it is to actually conceive a child in a healthy one because it is a one in a trillion chance of getting you made you know I thought to myself well what if I found out my child was you know a catholic or um, you know had some serious deformity like what would I do? You know, I thought about that. And will my child be in pain uh, when when it's born? I, will it this? Because as a parent, you think about it. Or if I die, what happens to my child? You know, these are things you think about. And that's where it's a little bit murky for a lot of people. But that would be determined by the person and what they can live with. Right? I've thought about it. And I'm like, you know, I can see where they, uh, for me, it would be a no-brainer. I would still be like, I don't care. It's happening. Done. It's a gift, whatever it is. So New York, even lighting the Empire State Building pink, and they clapped and they applauded that they're allowed to murder babies in the womb is disgusting. Because before, things like that would happen for cases like I told you, like that they're acephalic. They have no brain. Or, you know, they have, uh, you know, a severe deformity that would be like, you know, their spine being exposed and and, and being in pain constantly, you know, for extreme things like that or that the mother would die. And personally, just to say if I if it was me or my baby and I was like 35 weeks, I'd be like uh, baby over me for sure. But anyway, so these are all very controversial topics, but now they've allowed it to so late to just have an abortion it's disgusting because people don't really understand what it entails that they literally dismember the child they pull it apart could you imagine like in the olden times where they used to like put people on these contraptions and pull their arms and heads and legs apart how painful that is you think it's not painful for that small child in your womb that is you know for me it's just I I can't and to see this evil applaud and resonate it with lighting the tower pink, it just makes me sick. As to where has the humanity gone, we don't even sanction life anymore. And we see it from the way they respond. I mean, not just an abortion, but look at the way they treated these boys, the Catholic school boys, right? The man said stuff, and they're boys. Geez, they're little boys. Little boys that are super hormonal. All they think about is girls, right? and you know they're always trying to butt heads like goats do or you know deer and and you know you'll see a moose you know where they kind of like challenge each other you see it in dogs where they pounce up and down I mean it's a male thing and they're young and they're flustered with hormones so if they were like saying things like they did the whole hookah dance and all that stuff like come on man they're kids they were waiting for a bus and you came to them You know, we don't even sanction that anymore. They had that child. I mean, it was disgusting. Like, how could you bring a child on TV to apologize to a drunk? How can you applaud killing babies? Like, this is insanity. It's pure insanity. And the thing is, these babies that they kill, they sell for profit. They sell them for profit. It's not a joke. Like, this is reality. They sell these parts. When technology affords us the ability to utilize man-made tissue samples, you don't need an embryo's kidney, you know, to do your research, Eugene. You can grow a fake kidney that is, you know, of embryonic stage. You can make it in your lab. We can 3D print livers. Jeez, like seriously, though. Where is the humanity? And, you know, it's so frustrating on all fronts when I even get on air or I'm talking to other people or just watching the news, you know, I can't. This is why I say we need to drive the conversation. Because when you actually listen to what they're saying, it shows you what a disgusting and ugly place the world is, where their priorities lie. And for me, that, that, that just causes alarm for what the future may hold for my kids. Thank God for Donald Trump. Thank God that he is trying to fix this. Thank God that he is trying to undo everything that has been done to our country for centuries. And thank God He's rolled back their rollout that Obama began. He is undoing everything Barack Hussein Obama has done. 2019, like I said, is going to be all about China, all about artificial intelligence, and all about exposing the deep state. He is sowing the seeds for a very strong economy Sowing the seeds to make sure that we feel secure within our nation because when 2020 hits and he's reelected, the world is going to go tits up. They are not going to know if they're going or coming. The economy globally will crash, but we will be above water. It's important that we pay attention and it's more important that we tell every person we come across that we have the opportunity of conversation to talk facts. Because if you talk to 10 insane leftists and change one mind, that's one more vote. One more vote for humanity. One more vote for security. One more vote for America still being America. And one more vote For a better future. Because the European Union promised a great future to all member states that joined just 20 years ago. Look at their future now. They've had 20 years where they've joined with the, you know, changed, disregarded their currencies that have been around for eons. And look at where they are now. Italy has already started the process of revoking this. Of going back to the lyra going back to their roots and separating themselves from this globalistic idea where the future is not great but bleak This is the reality, and this is what we should be talking about. We should be talking about what's going on in Venezuela. We should be talking about what's going on with all these crimes that the people that we've elected committed. We should be talking about how law enforcement are the top persons arrested for pedophilia. If you look at the statistics, the pedophiles and the child pornography are all chief of police, police chaplains, police men, attorney generals, deputies, U.S. marshals. This is not a joke. This is reality. Those people that are supposed to keep us safe, you and your children safe, are not. Those legislators that are supposed to sanction life and liberty are not. Our country is in very dire straits, and we have a man like President Donald Trump who is telling you exactly what needs to be done, who is telling you what he is doing, and it's as if no one's listening. And just now, President Donald J. Trump tweeted out, the citizens of Venezuela have suffered too long at the hands of illegitimate Maduro regime. Today, I have officially recognized the president of the Venezuelan National Assembly, Juan Guaido, as the interim president of Venezuela. Huh. What? What? What happened here? So they released a statement, guys, just as we were talking about Venezuela, because it's important that he is recognizing the president of Venezuelan National Assembly, Juan Guaido, as the interim president of Venezuela, in its role as the only legitimate branch of government duly elected by the Venezuelan people. The National Assembly, remember, Maduro was part of that National Assembly. He was president of that assembly, remember, when the Clintons and Obama kind of came in. Well, it was the Clintons first that slotted in through their dude to slot him in to Chavez because that is the assembly of people. So he continues to say that the National Assembly invoked the country's constitution to declare Nicolas Maduro illegitimate and the office of the presidency therefore vacant. The people of Venezuela have courageously spoken out against Maduro and his regime and demanded freedom and the rule of law. I will continue to use the full weight of the United States economic and diplomatic power to press for the restoration of Venezuelan democracy. We encourage other Western Hemisphere governments to recognize National Assembly President Guaido as the interim president of Venezuela, and we will work constructively with them to support his efforts to restore constitutional legitimacy. We continue to hold the illegitimate Maduro regime directly responsible for any threats it may pose to the safety of the Venezuelan people as interim president. Lado noted yesterday, violence is the usurper's weapon. We only have one clear action to remain united and firm for a democratic and free Venezuela. I think we should use that statement for us to We only have one clear action to remain united and firm for a democratic and free United States. And that is to acknowledge that violence and fear is what the usurpers of our countries use as a weapon. Division, hate, violence and fear. And remember... We make the news because no one was talking about Venezuela. No one. They're still talking about the Catholic boys, still talking about the wall. They're not talking about the things that matter. This is important. It is our turn, just like the National Assembly in Venezuela, to take control. We have that power. Look at them exercising that power. I think we should take note from the brave Venezuelans. They're eating garbage, literal garbage, and still have the strength to stand up to all those clowns, to those clowns that command armies against them. They're eating garbage and they got to do it. So we should be able to do the same. Hold every single clown accountable every single one not one should be allowed to walk the streets without being called out this is our job as American citizens and it's shameful on us as a nation honestly I'm embarrassed that people that are eating garbage had the guts to do what we should be doing you know maybe we should try harder, and that includes myself, too, right? Of course. Maybe I should go out on the streets more. maybe I should be more vocal. We should all try harder and be as brave as the Venezuelans. On that note, that was actually great news to hear. I leave you guys with a wishes of health and happiness, and I want to say happy birthday to this amazing person I know, Patricia, who's at Trump Girl Strong. Have a great evening from all of us here at Red State. And I'll see you tomorrow, same time, 12 Eastern. Have a great evening.